Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,552. This is the first part of a two-part show with Kevin Buckler. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I am revved up and very excited to share with you today a guest who's a racer and a vintner. His name's Kevin Buckler. He's calling in from the Adobe Road Winery's Tasting Room in Petaluma, California. Wish I was there with him, but you're going to find out more about that in a minute. Kevin Buckler is the founder and CEO of the Racers Group, known as TRG, and Adobe Road Winery. He's a professional race car driver and a team owner running the single winningest privateer team in North America sports car history with over 100 victories in multiple professional classes. His racing career began back in 1995 when he won at the California Grand Prix in his TRG-built Porsche 911. My listeners know I love Porsches. Today, he has four victories and 13 podiums at the Rolex 24 at Daytona, GT-class victories at the 24-hour Le Mans, and seven series championships in IMSA, Grand Am, and Pirelli World Challenge. TRG ran a multi-car effort at Daytona for 22 straight years. That's right, 22 straight years, and is the only team to have ever run a five-car Porsche team successfully for eight straight years. And in 2012, TRG ran the Aston Martin Racing Team in North America, and then there's this little Adobe Road winery we're going to talk about. That is an inspiring story in and of itself. We'll be back in a minute to talk to Kevin, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yeah possible. Sit tight, we'll be right back. You know I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat protectors are easy on, easy off designs that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks. Their seat savers are custom tailored to fit your seats just like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn a lot more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark Green at Cars Yow sent you. By the way, I've got a deal for you. You can get 10% off using the code YEAH120. That's Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout. Go to Covercraft.com, use the code YEAH120, and get 10% off today. Covercraft, they've got you covered. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car or or if you have 200 in your garage. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get an exclusive SCM guide to restoration shops included for free. And I've got a couple very cool offers. 
One is if you go and subscribe to their digital subscription, you're going to get 50% off using the code CARS. Yeah, that's right. 50% off their digital subscription. But wait, that's not all. If you go and subscribe and get their print magazine and use the code BSH, you get $10 off. That's right. $10 off. Why BSH? Well, that's the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast that I do every Tuesday with Keith Martin. You'll find it here on the Cars yeah! website or using your mobile device with any mobile device podcast app, or you can find it at sportscarmarket.com. That's Buy, Sell, Hold, the essence of collecting. All right, Kevin, welcome to Cars yeah! Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I'm at my uh, my desk. I've got a recurring, a swiveling Recaro chair, chair, and I'm bellied up to the bar, so to speak, ready to go here at the Adobe Road and the uh, Racers Group Corporate Headquarters. Oh, man. Cool. I wish I was uh, sitting there next to you, but you know, we're, it's the next best thing here, and we're going to bring some exciting stories to the listeners today. But before I jump into my first question, I want you to share one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you. Hmm. You know, I, I looked at that. I was thinking about it, and so like the people on the outside, you know, we're very big with family, 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 family. We've got three girls. I work really hard for everything that we do, but it always seems to come back to family. I'm proud of where they are, proud of where they've gone. And I think my inside group knows all about that, but the outside group might not. Yeah. It's uh, carrying it forward. So paying it forward, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, during this time of this uh, pandemic, the bizarro world we're living in today, if there are some takeaways and silver linings that come out of this, I think it's going to be people realize the importance of family. For sure. And reaching out to family and helping and doing whatever you can during this time. Wow, you've got three girls. I have one daughter. So uh, three girls. Holy cow. You're a brave guy. That's for sure. <laughs> it, was it was tough in my house for a while. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that sounds like fun. Well, listen, as we continue on this journey of yours, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires smoking here on Cars. Yeah. So Kevin, grab the wheel. Absolutely. You know, uh, there isn't one better than effort equals results. Mm. I have been Always, you know, I was always in sports growing up as a kid. I wasn't the biggest, tallest guy, but I would always try to outwork him if I could. And it seemed to be almost like a life lesson early on that taught you that, you know, if you really are willing to put the effort in, you can achieve almost anything. And uh, I've always been that way. I've tried to inspire it with the team, both teams now, with the wine team and with the race team. And everyone then, when they buy into it and you have the right group, you know, the right team around you and team is so important as in the synergies that happen amongst eight really awesome people when you're on the road running a race team for six straight weeks, um, the results come. They just do. That's the joke about uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So <laughs> I guess I wouldn't use that one, but I'd use the first one. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I love that quote. And I remember uh, that quote uh, being one of the favorite quotes that Roger Penske uses, that other guy that has that race team, a couple race Correct. teams, and that, that little track he just bought. I hear he bought a little racetrack mm-hmm. somewhere in the Midwest. Kind of cool. Pretty but, cool. Uh, yeah. Well, there's another guy that... Uh, Obviously, we all look up to um, and the success in in his racing life and business life and everything. But yes, effort equals results. And you know what's amazing to me about that quote is its simplicity. And that's why I love it so much, because you've got to get out there and make an effort. And you know what? If you do, you will have results. I promise you, it'll happen. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about the racers group, because your history of racing and successes just blows me away. And 
that's not easy what you and your team have pulled off year after year after year. I mean, it just is not simple. So when you think about the racers group now, TRG, what has you excited and fired up about that business today? You know, the, it's funny because we used to be asked, um, what's your biggest moment or what do, you, what do you remember the most? And it used to be talk about a Daytona win or the standing on the podium at Le Mans in front of all those people. <laughs> but honest to goodness, now I say uh, 27 years in professional motorsports because the journey has been amazing. And here we are. And I like to kind of jokingly say, I feel like we're a little bit on a Rolling Stones retro tour. I mean, we get to go <laughs> to do so many cool things around so many cool people and the good news is I never thought about when we were doing it, but now the whole authenticity, genuine, you know, that's, that's in, that's everything right now. People are trying to make up stories to be that person. We are those people. We've always been authentic. Mm-hmm. Our building that we own here, there's, it's funny, you walk around the hallways and look at some of the posters of, I had a bad day. <laughs> Sometimes I leave my office and just walk around here and go, that was a good year. That was a good year. And you're right. It just kind of added up and it had a really good group of people for years and we just kept pushing and pushing. But when you were making the intro there and I was thinking, Jesus, 22 years in a row at Daytona because Daytona itself is just a monster and then getting prepared for it and then doing it with that many cars for that many years. But to, to enjoy the, uh, the fruits of the labor, so to speak, to be invited to the parties, and that's a little bit of a metaphor, but, but saying that and being able to attend some awesome events this last year around some great people and they know that you've done it all in racing and now you're doing it in wine and we typically try to over deliver on everything that we do and that's a big other part of our world is you know i i tell the crew whichever crew it is when we hit when the plane hits the ground i said whatever we do this weekend guys everybody just do an excellent job yeah. because there's always a seat at the table for excellence and um that's been part of the effort equals results as well it's right along there with it so I think the, the the long journey and still having a knowing we have a nice uh, long journey ahead, but having kind of our skids greased a little bit in front of us, mm-hmm. and it always seems to grease its way right into just a great group of people. You know, you said it very well, very eloquently. Sometimes when we have long careers, you have to take a walk through the halls and look at the posters and the trophies and take a little break because your head is down so deep when you're rowing and you're working and you're trying. And sometimes you don't come up for a breath and look around and go, wow, uh, look at what we've done. And it's a nice little segue into the Adobe Road Winery because it's time for a toast and it's time to enjoy the the savers of our victories and so forth. And I don't want to dig too deep into Adobe Road quite yet. I'm going to have you touch on a little bit, but I'll explain to our listeners why in just a minute. But let's touch briefly on this fantastic winery that you've created. Sure. And I'm sitting here with a box of the Racer Series in front of my desk here that is the most insane, over-the-top group of <laughs> car-related wine bottles Woo-hoo! I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's a little early in the morning to be drinking wine, but you know what? We're going to have a weekend at the greenhouse here that uh, is going to be memorable. So talk a bit about Adobe Road Winery, would you? You know, absolutely. And I think um, when we, I was in a real estate development business years ago and I was able to make a good exit. And this was before, you know, get rich quick with a tech app. Um, we, uh, yeah. we really worked hard at it and, I, and it was a tough business. And I moved back to California in 1992 with my girlfriend, now my wife. And, um, you know, we put our heads down. And what I wanted to do was see if I could have a shot at getting involved in motorsports. I was already in, I was already a car guy. I'm a Southern California car culture, Newport Beach, Newport Harbor High School, class of 77. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cut there you class, go. Go surfing. I'd come in five minutes late to English, and Mr. Wakeman would say, Mr. Buckler, 
Why are you late? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, my hair's wet. I got sand on my face. There's a surfboard in the back of my on my 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 bicycle, and I I said I overslept. <laughs> so uh, it was a it was a fun time back then. But yeah, the winery was part of the same deal. You know, I wanted to follow like a lot of people hopefully get a chance to do it. Not everyone does. And I encourage everyone to, to try, if, if you can, follow your passion and hopefully you can make a living doing it because you feel like you won't work another day. It's, it sounds like a good thing. We work hard here, but the two things that I cared about really were at that point in life were I wanted to do something with motorsports and I wanted to do something with wine. Mm-hmm. And I joined a little wine club and I learned everything I could. And then a few years later, fast forward almost 10 years, we actually started a small winery with some friends. And uh, that's how it started to tick up. And I kept, you know, I'm 95% racing for Five percent wine, ninety ten, eighty five fifteen. You know, kept <laughs> yeah. moving around until recently. It's been you know we've been all in on the project because we have a huge, huge up uptick in in the launch right now going. So thanks for the thanks for the opening segue on that one. But um, we are having a ball. But the two businesses they dovetail so nicely, and I think the light bulb for me came on one day. Here we are with a great group of people during the race weekend. I've got the guests up on the pit box. We're handing out radios. I'm looking up there. You know big dog, big dog, big dog. Yeah. And their their guests are VIPs of the private banking company that was uh, throwing in some sponsorship money that weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we default uh, a couple of hours later, we're having wine a wine dinner down at a beautiful restaurant in Monterey. And I'm looking around and everyone's just having a blast. And it's like, man, these are these two things seem to work together really oh, yeah. well. And it, it, you know, it came down to that. We didn't use the L word 10 years ago, lifestyle. And <laughs> lifestyle has become, you know, what everyone seems to you know push towards. And I'm fortunate enough to be involved in two really cool cultures of motorsports and food and wine. So let's do so I'm doing so I'm putting them together. <laughs> it's a perfect marriage. And and again, I'm going to tease our listeners here. We're going to uh, not dive too deep into the wine right now. We're going to come back to that. But I want to go back to your racing career, history, what's happening today in the future. But I want to ask you about a big challenge or a big failure. Anybody who's ever been involved in racing knows one weekend you're a champion, the next weekend you're a chump. It's up and down. It's into the wall. It's out of the wall. It's doing great. And then you just don't know what's going on. The wheels have come off the cart. Talk to us about a great big challenge or even a big failure you faced in the racing career of your life. Kind of take us there. But more importantly, it's how you dealt with it what you learned from it, and how you came out positive on the other side. So take us on a ride around the track, would you? Yeah, sure. It's not something I think, if I if I go back to the early days, I think where the impetus of all this was, it's probably not something I normally bring up, but I'd be happy to share. Thank you. I had a great time growing up. We had my, my, it's funny because my friends today are still my high school homeboys who have all gone off and done some epic things with their lives. We still get together all the time, summer houseboating trip. We always were on a houseboat right now. We were just joking. We would social distance, but it'd be fine. But, um, just had a great group growing up, but I had a really tragic, I was 21 years old and had a really situation, lost both parents quickly, uh, in a tragic situation and also a really good friend. And it's like your life goes from perfect to effed up in so in so fast and I was an only child and it was like there was a oh lot of responsibility quickly about crazy things and it just sort of actually sort of shaped me a little bit because mm-hmm. it was a it was a miserable time and then I just chose not to be miserable it's like you you got to you got to pull yourself up and and get back to whatever it is you're doing because it really is up to you. Yes. And, uh, you know, a big lesson I try to give my girls, even though most of the kids these days are so liberal, is this, you know, you, it just, there's no free lunch, man. You got to, right. you got to, you got to advocate for yourself. You got to blame people less. You got to work hard. And uh, so that really made me, pushed me to become, I think, to, I had this crazy workaholic gene. And I just <laughs> didn't want to ever look back over my shoulder. Fast forward, started the company, did well in the first company, and then came here and got into motorsports in 92. And then, 
then here we are. I mean, we were in the middle of we could everything we touched turned to gold in those days of the mid OOS. Yes, I just gotten out of the car. I thought it was a good move because we had so much going on with sponsorship, and the team really grew. And that's when we we're running those multi car teams at Daytona, yeah. multi car for the season. I just expanded into NASCAR. We ran one of the single most successful first year truck teams in Craftsman Truck. I'm flying back and forth from California to Mooresville. And then the 08 crisis happened, and it was like, whoa. I mean, just a stop wall. You know, who needs, you know, what dad's going to write a check for his kid to go racing, right. you know, in a dream right. in NASCAR, or who needs premium wine? And literally both things just shut down, and I had a big staff and a team, and I, and I worked my life. Never even... I guess I'd say never even saw that coming. And so, you know, same thing. It's like sat around for a while and I said, guys, what do you want to do? You want to cry on the couch or do you want to see if we can get out of this mess? And you know what? Everyone's the same. It's the reset button's been pushed. Right. So let's get in a little earlier. Let's work a little harder. Let's think about how we can possibly not only get our get our mojo back, but gain a little market share. And if we have that attitude and we adopt that attitude, we're probably going to come out of this, my guess is, ahead of the other guys. Yes. And uh, we did. And how ironic we are in the same uh, situation. Here we are again. You know, what an incredible story. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, well, you've done it before. And, you know, this is incredible. And there's a huge golden nugget here. First and foremost, my condolences for losing. I, I can't even imagine losing both parents and a friend. Try to take something terrible and turn it into something positive. I well, always look at something like that. So it's fine. Yeah. Let's find, you know, I know what they would have wanted and I went out and did it. So. Well, that's the key here. I mean, when you really think about that, what would your parents have wanted? Yes, there's a mourning period, but they want you to succeed. They want you to move forward. And that's exactly what you decided. You planted in your head you were going to be positive, move forward. So attributable to today with what we're going through is this can knock people down and defeat them or... You can decide to get up a little earlier every day and figure out something different so that when this ends, and it will, you'll be another step ahead of the competition. I love this. I mean, what a positive story. I really appreciate you sharing that. 27 years of training for what's happening right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's all it (laughs) took, right? I joke with the staff, but I'm like, guys, we have an advantage. Not only have we been more competitive and we we know how to win, process-driven, you know, strategy but here we are, having gone through this already, you know, just a, you know, whatever, yeah. 13 years back, and had it be full stop like it is now. And now we're saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, and right. uh, learning how to navigate the digital world a little bit better, you know, learning how to make sure that, um, you know, I'm going to be a big proponent here of trying to open back up uh, carefully and yes. safely. Mm-hmm. But I have one little word of wisdom is like, you know, 99% of the risk here is just who you ten, who you choose to associate with. Yes. You know, am I going to walk in and let the pizza guy walk in my house for a delivery? No. Yeah. But the people that I'm going to associate with who also are in the same boat as me that I can bring into my world and we can all start up again yeah. is, is eliminating most all of the risk right there. So we need yeah. to get going again here because this is a mess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what a wonderful, inspiring story. You listeners out there, if that didn't jack you up and get you excited to get up and do something, uh, you need to re-listen to that segment of this show, Kevin. That's awesome. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. And we'll be right back to talk a little bit more about this automotive journey that Kevin has been on, is on, and will go on. We'll be right back. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars Yeah, 
has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know. Everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. All right. Uh, would you do me a favor here, Kevin? Uh, share a story with us that instigated your personal passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life <laughs> when you knew you were going to be a car guy or a racer? Well, knowing that most of your uh, most of your listeners hopefully aren't all, t- all total PG rated, I'll keep it. I'll keep it PG. I'll keep it PG. <laughs> yeah, we try to keep it family friendly here. That's for sure. Family friendly is fine. I- I'm I'm growing up in the car culture of car cultures in Southern California, and back then you don't realize it. You know, I'm having riding my bike to school. I'm doing the same things everyone else. We didn't feel like we were privileged kids in any way, and mm-hmm. we really weren't. All of our dads are from the tough love era, so yeah. But I was a tennis player, and I was a competitive tennis player. Loved it. Our team was good. And um, I remember in town, the tennis pro, long, long, curly hair. He's probably, you know, mid-20s, and he was giving a lot of private lessons. He had a beautiful, beautiful silver 73 Porsche 911S. I hear it start. I hear that air-cooled boxer motor going. He'd come come by some by the courts, say hi to a couple of the kids he was privately coaching. And he was was all around town all the time. Well, as freshmen, we were looking at, you know, I was looking at the girls, and I think the hottest gal, the queen of our queen in school, uh, the senior, you know, she walked by every day and whatever was a cheerleader. And then one day I watched him pull up and I watched her get in the right seat <laughs> and drive away and everything came into focus yeah, right there. So there's what there was. I already loved the car. I already loved the brand. Yeah. I already loved the uh, sports. And, uh, I just went, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that's funny. That's hilarious. There is one other little thing I want to throw yeah, at you. So please. at the same time, there was a small rate. We just did this. We did a virtual tasting last week with a tip of our hat to the Long Beach Grand Prix, the Acura Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. So in 1975, this thing comes to town, and uh, you know, we're only 15, 20 miles south in Newport. And uh, my dad uh, was, a, was a local country doc there, and he knew, we knew everyone around town. Advertising back then was posters everywhere. You know, like the concert comes in, oh, yeah. they're slapped all over this, the local liquor store, or this, you know, the Safeway. Anyway, so my dad, he sees us one night, he goes, hey, you guys aren't going up to that race, are you? You know, because back then, you know, Long Beach was a Navy town, and he said, that's full of nothing but Navy guys and hookers up there. Yeah. <laughs> These guys still, yes. You're going to get your butts whooped. And I said, uh, yeah, no, no, Dad, of course not. And of course we're going to go. we got to go. We, yeah. and one of our older brother's friends took us up there. Yeah. And we snuck into the race the first year. But the second year I went was the first year of Formula One. And I will never forget, I just got my license. I'm standing down there in a cha- with a chain link fence down towards the end of the Queen's hairpin. Mm-hmm. And I am watching Nicky Lauda downshift with that V12 Ferrari and go deeper and deeper and deeper. It was the first practice. And they're going deeper and deeper, deeper in the brakes and watching the cars. I'm 12, 15 feet away from the cars in a chain link fence. And the sound, all of that and that moment in time again, I was like, I am so hooked. Okay, (laughs) I want to do this. (laughs) So 
Those are the two instances, are the two instances right there. Well, I can relate because I was there at that event. You know, you and I are pretty much the same age. I was surfing down in uh, La Jolla. Uh, you were just north a little bit of us. And in fact, I believe our tennis teams uh, competed against each other. That's so right. there you go. But yeah, I was at that first right. event. And I remember a girlfriend's dad was involved in that. So he kind of got us behind the pit wall and so forth. And oh my gosh. Yeah, I remember that so well. I've got old photos I took when back when I was shooting slides. I don't know why I ever did that, but it was what the professionals do, right? And uh, I dig those out every once in a while. But, ectochrome. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, what was your first really special car? And now this could either be a first street car you got that had a lot of meaning or, mm-hmm. or the first race car you jumped into and went racing in that you really said to yourself, my gosh, I'm here. I can't believe it. I did have a special car, and it was interesting because I, um, back then, again, the car culture, I loved the early 240Zs. Uh-huh. And uh, I was able to convince trick for, uh, convince my parents because yeah. we were we were playing a tournament every single week somewhere in Southern California, sometimes, you know, an hour, hour and 10-minute drive. And each of the parents had to switch off on the drives, and I, I wanted to get a car. My dad said, I'll match you dollar for dollar. If you want to buy a car, I'll put a buck in, you put a buck in. So the challenge was laid. So I found a, it was $4,000 for a 72 blue 240Z that I bought and just meticulously maintained. And that car went all over Southern California. I had a great girlfriend at the time. We were always together, friends. That was my car when associates with us back then. And today, the color on that car is still sort of the color we use on the race cars in the race team. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I could have it back because that son of of a gun's worth some money now, but yeah. Well, you know, those Zs are coming back finally. They're finally finding a place in the collector car market, and you're starting to see those things pop back up. And they're pretty affordable. They made billions of those things, I think. I mean, there was Mm -hmm. a lot of them. Most of them rusted away, of course. But there's a few out there, and in, in my local or my recent sports car market magazine, I saw a few of those sell. Um, of course, we saw one not too long ago sell for three hundred thousand plus dollars. I saw that. That was a bit of an outlier, but you can find really cool ones from twenty to thirty-five, forty grand, maybe more if they're very well preserved, which is hard to find. But yeah, the two forty Z. We had a lady at the end of our street who had a, one of those kind of lime yellow colored ones, uh, and I remember when she got that, she let me drive it up to my house and detail it for her, and I thought this is a really cool car. So yeah, very nice. I got to share one little funny story about that and how, again, it kind of the hooking of getting. So back then in our, in our, in our high school, um, car rallies were all the rage. Mm-hmm. And then this is what, this would have been one of those good things that you probably did. People didn't know about me. I should have said I was in all, cause nobody thinks about this. I was in all the AP classes growing up and I was a math kid for whatever reason. I like numbers. And so I was in the AP physics class and we were, des- we were tasked to design a car rally. Mm-hmm. And so we did one. It was really fun. You know, you'd mess with people, you'd tell them, you know, left at the third digit of Avogadro's number or something. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. my, my rally mate, who was my, one of my dear friends and tennis players at the time that sat right seat with me for every single car rally I did is still one of my closest friends today. He's a local, he's a local uh, guy here in Santa Rosa, anesthesiologist up here and car guy. Oh wow! But we had so much fun together. We had won a couple of them in a row, but there'd been a little mischief going on on the course. People <laughs> were removing signs and yeah, taping things over and running over a few lawns, whatever. So at the beginning of our car rally, number four or five, the local Newport Beach police came out to the parking lot and wanted to give us a little lecture. They wanted us to have fun, but they wanted us to obey the rules. Right. Me thinking we were going to have a little fun with the crowd, I had put uh, a race helmet on, and I had Jeff put a race helmet on, <laughs> and we tied some tennis shoes to the back of the car, so they're banging off the back. 
and I came up to the crowd and I was coming into the parking lot pretty fast and I grabbed the, um, the hand shifter and did a, a handbrake and yeah. did a full power slide. And as the crowd started to part, there was the Newport Beach. Oh, no. (laughs) And he says, I want to talk to you and you and you. And I want to talk to especially those guys right there. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Those guys with (laughs) the helmets, come over here, boys. uh, We had so much fun in those car rallies, and that really got us going. No kidding. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Kevin. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a car manifest as a vehicle, what would Kevin be? It's funny because there's some things about all of the car lines, a lot of cars I like, but I don't know that it fits me perfectly. But I would say, honestly, I would want to see myself somewhere between a Porsche and a Ferrari. And I say that because I like the German engineering and we're very engineering driven here and we tend to you know, do things right and deliver. And yep. I guess it's because I've been with that brand for so long. But Ferrari's done such an amazing job of building their brand yeah. and uh, yeah. and the friends and followers that they have, and that's sort of the direction we are now with the winery and uh, what we're doing. So, not an, you know, again, most amount of humility, but we earned it. Um, I put myself somewhere in there at least for fun. Yeah, I like it. Very cool. All right, we're up to the last, what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and have you give us some quick blips of that Porsche Ferrari hybrid throttle. <laughs> so here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe? has contributed to your many successes over the years in racing? 100% staying fit. I exercise every day and I music. I couldn't do the gym if I was in a boring gym in a hotel. I had an iPod in the early days and I yeah. always have my headset in and a, a daily exercise regime of some sort. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that be? <laughs> Well, there's still a poster on my gym wall of Gilles Villeneuve in the old 27 <laughs> car, but oh, yeah. I don't know much about him. I just know that was a, a, a crazy period. Yeah. But I, I would default today to Derek Bell, Brian Redmond, because oh. they're both friends. They're both awesome guys. I've had meals with them. I'd have another one because they're always fun. <laughs> These guys are, but they're legends and they survived. And I like survivors. Yeah, so. I've had both those fine racers on my show. In fact, if you go back and listen to Brian Redmond's show, I had him on on his birthday and he sang me the uh, British birthday song, which is hilarious. Oh, I'd never God. heard it before. He's such a character. He is a character. And, uh, of course, Derek mm. and I've had his son Justin on the show as well. Uh, those yep. two together. Derek was up here with our local Porsche Club for a tech session, and it was great to catch up with him. I was over at uh, a wonderful shop, a fabrication shop, where he was in there looking at some of their vintage cars and so forth. So, yeah, Derek Bell, Brian Redmond. Now, that would make for nice dinner partners, uh, nice bottles of Adobe Road Racing Series wine, uh, a nice meal. That sounds good. Yeah, quick one. I was in, uh, it was our first year at Le Mans, and we had everything about it was wrong. We had the worst hotel. We had the worst food. We had no budget. We barely got there, but we first we got in after getting bonked for three or four years in a row. Mm-hmm. I'm in the bar. I went there to have a drink, and there's nobody in there. So it's called the Green, I think the Green Six. All the Porsche guys know about it. <laughs> and I'm sitting here by myself, and in walks Derek Bell, and I think he's looking for somebody, and he saw me over there, and I think, I think now we know each other. He's like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? He sat down next to me, and there was nothing else to do. And so I sat there at the bar with Derek, and he told me some awesome stories <laughs> for probably 30 to 45 wow. minutes. And I'm sitting there going, you've got to be kidding me, okay? Who wow. just happens to walk into this gin joint when I'm sitting here and tell yeah. me 
And I was very inspired to get to the track the next day. I can tell you that much. So, and he's he's such a great great representative. It's one of those things where you pinch yourself. How did I get here? I do a weekly blog uh, with my Cars Yes subscribers and on the website. And uh, the day we're recording this is just about a week past the the loss of Sir Sterling Moss. And uh, if mm-hmm. you go back and read that blog, I had I got had the pleasure of having dinner with he and his wife in Paris after a retromobile one evening. I didn't even know it was going to happen. This friend of mine set it up and. Uh, yeah, when you find yourself sitting with with legends like that and you just listen to the stories. We were in a four-star Michelin restaurant. I don't even remember what I ate uh, because it was just so fascinating, especially sitting between he and Lady Susie and their bantering. I mean, those two are just characters. So, mm-hmm. yeah, these are wonderful times. How about the best racing advice someone's ever given you? Uh, you know, there's just the old adage if you've heard it a million times, but um, to finish first. You first must, must finish. finish. Yes. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, we, we started to learn. I don't know why we adopted the endurance races as our thing, we, but we did. It's like I wanted to go, you know, pick a fight with the biggest kid on the playground or something yeah. like that. It's yeah. kind of crazy. But we always knew going there we could equalize the field. You know, you put a factory team in with paid salary drivers and you go to a 45-minute sprint race, it's pretty easy what's going to happen. But when you have all these crazy things, and there's one little funny little good little segue because what's happening right now, you know, I remember after years of going to Daytona, getting our butt whooped, but every time I came away from there, I learned a little bit more, learned a little more, and realized, you know, okay, you know what? There's something here. So here we are in 2001, and I remember specifically, we are 20 hours in the race. Now, we are a small, independent, underfunded team. I have amateur drivers in the car with me. We're four hours to the end of the race, and it starts to rain, and it rains hard. <laughs> Pretty soon, there's a huge crash on the back stretch, yep. and then there's a big yellow flag, and there's chaos and pandemonium. And I would think to myself, at this moment in time, all those big factory teams, with all those resources, we just equalize the playing right. field. And, yeah. you know, learning how to try to be, a, you know, the synergies of your team, being on top of stuff, working really hard together. And then from that point forward, they had those guys beat us. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only 10 of us whacking those factory factory guys for the next few years. And I'll always remember that moment where this is our chance. So, yeah, it became, it, that mantra became the next one, to, which was no mistakes. And I know it sounds so simple, but that's how we won Le Mans in that year. Is um, we were we were, And of course, no matter at what point in an endurance race, never, ever, never get give up because things happen and uh, if you're five cars back and those five cars go off the end of a roadway now you're in first place or you're up close to the front fantastic story now how about a resource is there a go-to for you something that you'd Mm -hmm. like to go to you could share my go-to is my wife who has (laughs) i wouldn't have been able to do without her um i married the smartest person i know and she's been at my side busting her butt, making sure that everything uh, works. I kind of say I'm strategy. I steer the ship and she operates it. She's been the, the key. There you go. Well, my mom taught me to marry a woman that was way smarter than me. And that's what I did. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, sometimes I'm reminded of that quite often, but uh, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. He, he, about that. <laughs> Especially when you're living at home together by yourselves. huh? <laughs> yeah. Right now the kids have grown up and left and now, you know, we're all shut, shut in the house here. So, uh, but you know, as my grandfather told me when I got married and my grandparents were married for 72 years, he said it's easy the rules are easy mark just do what you're told so uh there you go (laughs) it's worked for me absolutely absolutely how about a book are you a book reader have you read a book is there some kind of uh reading material you might share with our listeners you know because i try to i'm the 
put my premium on efficiency. I do not read for pleasure, but I am always in trade journals. Mm-hmm. You know, Wine Spectator for me would be my closest thing to a pleasurable book. It's the monthly rag from the big powerful uh, agency in New York that everyone in the wine world, you know, kind of defaults to. It comes out every month. We love to read it. Good stories on food, wine, lifestyle. We get in there once in a while, but we're still sort of little guys in the world. We're working on it though. I think um, so. But uh, Wine Spectator. There you go. Awesome. All right. We're up to the checkered flag here, Kevin. You've seen many of those in your life. This last mm-hmm. question could be a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun thought. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. Now, this could be something that is a vintage race car that you could take out on the track. It could be a street car. It could be a combination, maybe a 250 short wheelbase or, I don't know, something kind of fun. But here's a couple rules to this game since I'm the sponsor today. It's the only collector car you can have in your garage, so it needs to tick a lot of boxes. I want you to mm-hmm. drive it and enjoy it. No garage queens allowed here at Cars Yeah. And you can't sell it to fund your next race. So if you're going to pick the most expensive car... You are stuck with it. So, Kevin, what can I buy you today? Uh, it's something that I had my eye on, and I unfortunately didn't get to tick the box, and I had a plan. It didn't. This one didn't work out. A 1973 Porsche RS Lightweight. <laughs> I had the 73 the 73S I was able to get from the old story of the Tennis Pro. I had a 73 RS for a long time, which I loved and took took to one of the first Monterey Historics and Monterey um, events down there with my buddy, the Rensport, and then I sold it to try to buy a rental house and eventually flip that into a lightweight right at the time when Porsches went crazy. So the Porsche went up, the rental house went down, and I never got the lightweight. But <laughs> I just love the whole concept of the car and how it did. It was a game changer back then. So. Yeah, well, the holy grail of long hood Porsches are the 73 RS Carreras, and then you jump into the lightweight. I'm a little surprised you didn't say an RSR uh, because you could drive that on the street, but it's, you know, full-blown race car. The lightweight's maybe a little more comfortable. I don't know. I still think about that story about the the prom queen getting in the 73 <laughs> so I can't get that out of my mind. I, so I, I guess it was. <laughs> A young man's dreams. Yeah, always planted yep. right there. Well, Kevin, you know, you've taken me on an incredible ride today. This is really fun. I want to bring you back tomorrow. It's a rare thing I do here. Would you be willing to come back tomorrow? Because I want to take a deep dive into Adobe Road Winery. And here's the reason why, Absolutely. listeners. I ordered this insane box called the Racer Series that arrived on my doorstep. I opened it up and my jaw dropped open. What I received from you, Kevin, blew me away. And having a career in package design and design and marketing, you guys went over the top here. And we're going to have some fun with this. I can tell my listeners this weekend, my wife and I are going to have some fun. I wish I could invite all my friends over. Hey, you're all invited. Mm. Not. You can't come over right now. (laughs) So, so, But we'll share some of this later. But I want to have you come back. Absolutely. Love to come back. Yeah, we'll talk about that. So tune in tomorrow, listeners, to Cars Yeah! We're going to talk about adobe road wines we focused on the racing today uh you can find everything we talked about on kevin's show notes page on the cars yeah website just go there type in kevin buckler you'll find it right there this is going to be fun so uh tune in tomorrow to cars yeah and learn a lot more about the winery and the racing series this is going to be fun kevin thank you for being with me here today we'll come back tomorrow and until we talk tomorrow i'll see you down the road thanks guys Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.